a moment of power. It's time for a Moment of Power podcast with Pastor Johnny Henderson, being brought to you by the Little Zion Missionary Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. Matthew chapter 1. We'll start in Isaiah chapter 9 first. Me and First Lady, we got to go home and cook. I got a prime rib to cook today. Isaiah chapter 9, if you'll turn there, verse 1 through 7, if you brought your copy of the word today, if you didn't just listen, amen, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 1, nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning will be fuel for the fire. Verse 6 is my favorite. For what? For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. That's to to us. A, a, A son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Verse 7 says, Of the greatness of his government, and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on, time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Let the church say, to us, Jesus was given. Matthew chapter 1, verse, verses 21 to 23, it says, she will give birth to a son. You are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Verse 22, all of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. We just saw that. Uh, verse 21, she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. I want to preach just a few minutes from this thought in our minds, the greatest man ever born. Amen. The greatest man ever born. Heavenly Father, may your may, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, thy strength and thy redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The greatest man ever born. That's that's a concept known as hero worship. Hero worship. In the 19th century, a fellow by the name of Thomas Carlyle, he he coined the term hero worship. Stick with me just a minute. Hero worship. Hero worship, I got a country accent, it's kind of hard to say. (laughs) Hero worship, if you will, according to him, 
was the high regard that ordinary people have for the great figures of their history. He will worship, is defined by Miriam Webster as, listen, the foolish or excessive adulation of an individual. Let me say that again. The foolish, that's the dictionary's term, the foolish or excessive adulation of an individual. Hero worship is a common thing in the United States. Uh, we, we make heroes out of just about anyone, uh, particularly in the social media environment. Right about the name of Todd Lindbergh of the Hoover Institution, he writes that movie stars, athletes, pop singers, they all command attention and affection as never before. He says in, in the recently concluded age of mass culture, stars like Frank Sinatra, Joe DiMaggio, Elvis, and the Beatles, and the list goes on, they were like unto gods in the way that uh, they captured the fancy of an adoring public. Amen? He goes on to say that in our age of wiki culture, uh, easily accessible information, the difference is specialization. One need not be a hero to all to be a hero to many. The internet allows uh, fanciers of almost any specialty to aggregate and to sort themselves and by a voluntary process to crown champions. Heroes, y'all, they come in every specialty. I might come down your road in just a second. Uh, Michael Jordan is a hero to basketball fans. Uh, we've been having, if you're a sports fan, you, we've been having debates for the last century about, not the last century, but the last decade about who is the GOAT, Michael Jordan or LeBron James? Uh, Michael, Michael Jordan is the hero to basketball fans. Tom Brady is a hero to football fans. The Dallas Cowboys are heroes to football fans. We, we, we make heroes out of politicians. Let's keep it real. Barack Obama was a hero to millions. We love Barack Obama. We made a hero out of him. He was the first black president of this nation. Amen. We make heroes out of politicians, entertainers, models, gangsters. The list goes on. In every sector of life, we can... We can construct a hero out of anything. I don't know you, who your hero is today, but I stopped in on this Christmas morning to declare that Jesus is my hero. He, he's the greatest man ever born. I'm reminded of that old song we sang, Falling in Love with Jesus was the best thing I ever done. He's the greatest man. Ever born, so I don't worship uh, politicians, entertainers, models, gangsters. I don't, I don't worship any of them. I came to tell you this morning that Jesus is my hero. And he's my hero because he's the greatest man ever born. Amen. And so here we are in this text this morning. We looked at it yesterday in Sunday school. This is a prophetic text, y'all, that foretells the eventual birth of Jesus Christ. There's a lot going on in this text, if you will. There's conflict, there's tension, and there is Isaiah. Isaiah is God's set man. He's the voice of God in this time. He issues several prophecies throughout this book, y'all. He issues the prophecies of judgment in chapters 7 and 8. They were fulfilled when the Assyrians invaded the areas of Zebulon and Naphtali. The Assyrian king, he brought suffering and loss in his invasions. The Assyrian invasions brought hunger and deprivation. They brought physical suffering. It was intensified by the spiritual darkness in which they lived as they turned 
uh, to gods of wood and stone. And to keep it in perspective here, the people needed a savior because they were still a rebellious people. After all they had been through, they were still disobedient to God. They were still worshiping idols. They were still shallow with their faith in God. And they were still walking in darkness. And here is God. He raised up this prophet by the name of Isaiah. He raises him up to be a mouthpiece in this critical moment in history. And on this Christmas, y'all, and as we approach the end of the year, there are still these common problems in our society. People are still worshiping idols. People are still hero worshiping. As I just talked about, people are still shallowing their faith. People are still walking in darkness. But there is hope in Jesus Christ. Uh, that's why we showed up this morning. That's why we show up every week. That's why we worship him every morning when we get up. Because there is hope in Jesus Christ. Jesus is still the answer. That the world needs. And he, he, he's still the answer that all of us need. I know we're, we argue about the church is declining and uh, Christianity is declining. We, we do all kinds of studies. But I stand today to say Jesus is still the answer. Yeah. And he's still the answer because he's the greatest man ever born. Are you hearing me today? Yeah. Yeah. I want to share four things with you. We should know on this Christmas. He's the greatest man because he's the agent of light and joy. Yeah. He's the agent, y'all, of light and joy. When we came to Jesus, it was a rescue from our darkness that we lived in. I didn't say they, I said we. When we came to Jesus, when I came to Jesus, it was a rescue for, from the darkness that I lived. I can't, I can't speak for you. When I came to Jesus, it was a rescue from the darkness that I lived in. And that was hope, y'all. That was hope because Nobody has to stay in darkness. Nobody has to stay in darkness because we have an agent of light and joy because of Jesus Christ. So the first thing we got to understand is the eventual birth of Jesus Christ means deliverance from darkness and the delivery of joy. Deliverance from and the delivery of. It says in verse 1, nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. The text introduces a future king. A future king. Jesus the Messiah. That will bring light and peace to God's people. Anybody glad about light and peace? Yeah. This light and peace that Jesus will eventually bring is in contrast with war, distress, and darkness of previous kings. Uh, previous kings that they dealt with, he couldn't, they couldn't do any of this stuff that Jesus was going to bring. Darkness, we've all been there, y'all. And if the truth be told, some people are still living in a place of darkness. Uh, just because a person comes to church every Sunday doesn't mean they have it all together. I, I would be wrong to assume that everyone here has given their life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 2 says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Let's go a little bit deeper there. Darkness limits your visibility. He's talking about a spiritual darkness, not a physical darkness, but darkness limits your visibility. Amen? That's why you need headlights at night so you can see where you're going. Amen? That's why you got to turn the light on in your house in the night so you can see where you're going. 
But darkness is a metaphor for watch this gloom, despair, ignorance, and things that are hard to understand. When a person remains in darkness, they have no idea where they're going. When a person remains in darkness, they have no idea what's coming. But with Jesus, you can live because he is the light of the world. When you have Jesus, you're walking in his marvelous light. Opposite of that, you're still in sin and rebellion toward God. That keeps you trapped in God in darkness. Amen. So the first thing, he is the agent of light and joy. But here's the second thing. I want to bring this to your awareness. He's the greatest man because he has the power to break yokes and lift burdens. Oh, yeah. I love that, y'all. He has the power to break yokes and lift burdens. That's where the joy comes in right there. That's where the joy comes in. Verse 4 says, For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. This is significant, y'all, because it serves as a reminder of previous instances of God's deliverance. Anybody have any reminders of previous instances of God's deliverance? This here serves as a reference of victory over the Midianites. Back in Judges chapter 7, God reduced the size of the Gideon army. They were under attack. They were getting ready to go under attack. He reduced the size of the Gideon army all the way down to 300 men. From over 120,000 men down to 300 men. Now how in the world can you defeat a large army with just 300 men? How can the 25 or 30 of us go out and defeat a large army? But by God. It only happens by God. And God, he, God did this so that he would get the glory and not deal for the overwhelming size of the army that they faced. God is able to break the yoke of the oppressor and the child he will send forth carries the same power. The, the child that we're celebrating today, he carries the same power. Amen. This is a source of joy and rejoicing. Matthew chapter 11, Jesus says, come unto me, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke, there it is, upon you, and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your soul. He says, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. He breaks yokes, and he lives burdens. A yoke in the Old Testament, y'all, is it, it, a harness or a wooden frame used to join two animals together. It restricts their movement. In the New Testament context, and even today, y'all, it is something that oppresses us or has, has us bound. Or, or, or even situations that we're stuck in. Those are yokes. Those are yokes. Addictions that we have, those are yokes. Attitudes that we carry, those are yokes. Uh, emotions that we carry, those are yokes. Even any situation in life that we need to be delivered from, it becomes a yoke. But the power of God breaks yokes. God is still in the business of healing people. He's still in the business of saving souls. He's still in the business of delivering people from yokes, from bondage, from burden. I don't know what your yoke is today, but I declare that God still delivers people from yokes. 
He still lifts burdens off of our shoulders. He's still a miracle worker. He's still a healer. He's still a provider. He still breaks throats and lifts burdens. That's why he's the greatest man ever born. I like the woman that had the issue of blood blood for 12 years. He broke the yoke when she touched the hem of his garment. Some of you have had some yokes broken. Sickness in your body, God broke the yoke. Uh, Family issues, God broke the yoke. Marriage is restored, God broke the yoke. Uh, Drug addiction, alcohol addiction, God breaks those yokes as well. He restored the the sight of the blind man at Bethsaida. He he breaks the yoke of fear. Some of us walk in fear, but God breaks those yokes. That's why he's the greatest man ever born. That's why we showed up today to celebrate him. That's why we thought of not robbing to come out and celebrate his name. Amen? Amen. But here's the third thing. He's the greatest man ever born because, number three, no one, and I mean no one, compares to him. He's the agent of light and joy. He breaks yokes and lifts burdens, but no one compares to him. No one compares to him because he is uniquely positioned to be everything we need. He's uniquely positioned to be everything we need. Everything. Verse 6, I love it. For to us a child, the King James says, unto us. For to us a child is born. To us a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. No one compares to that. He's uniquely positioned to be everything we need. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness. From that time on and forever, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. These four titles for Jesus, y'all, they are significant, but they're only unique to Jesus. I don't carry these titles. You don't carry any of these titles. I'm just a pastor. I'm just assigned to preach his word. Wonderful counselor. He can and do, he can and will do something wonderful. He still works miracles. He still still does the extraordinary. Wonderful counselor. He's still able to give wise counsel. He still uh, teaches us uh, along the way. Amen. He still works miracles. He still works wonders. Even in 2023, he still works wonders. Amen. Mighty God, he's all powerful. He's all wise. Everlasting Father, his rule is eternal. His rule will never stop. Prince of Peace, he brings peace and prosperity to those that worship him and follow him. In other words, he's everything we need him to be. Uh, we say he's a doctor in the sick room. He's that too. He's a lawyer in the courtroom. He's that too. He's a friend when we're friendless. He's that too. He's a father to the fatherless. He's all that in a bag of chips. He's uniquely positioned because no one compares to him. I don't know if he showed up today dealing with problems, but he's still the wonderful counselor. He's still the mighty God. He's still the Prince of Peace. Uh, Are you in a storm today? He's still a shelter in the time of storm. If 
If you live in a turmoil, he's still the Prince of Peace. Yeah, he's still the King of Kings. Yes. He's still the Lord of Lords. Yes. And I came to tell you one more time, he's the greatest man ever born. Here's the last thing, and I'm going to get on out your way. This is the best one. This is why we showed up. He's the greatest man ever born because he's the remedy for eternal damnation. Oh, uh, that's it right there. He's the remedy for eternal damnation. In other words, the angel told Joseph he will save his people from their sins. In other words, he keeps us from going to hell. We don't talk, we don't preach hell in the church yeah. no, no more, but he keeps us yeah. from going to hell. Yeah. He, he's the best man ever, ever born because he was gifted to us to save us from the judgment of God, yeah. from the penalty of our sin. Paul says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Uh, he, that's, why, that's why we celebrate on this day. Uh, this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. If, if anyone is going to be a hero, Jesus ought to be the hero. Uh, if you got a hero in your life, you need to dump that hero, call him a zero, and worship Jesus, the real hero. None of these people we elevate the hero status can save us from our sins. Let me say that none of these people, let me say again, none of these people we elevate to hero status can save us from our sins. We used to say that back in the day. Dump that zero and get with this hero. Y'all remember that? Those people we make heroes, they don't compare to Jesus. Because he's the remedy for eternal damnation. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to go to eternal damnation. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Matthew 1, 21, the angel told Joseph, she will give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus. Because he will save his people from their sins. Verse 22, all this, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord has said to the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God's with us. The angel points back to Isaiah 7, 14. I know, have you opened your gifts yet? Let me tell you, you won't open a better gift than this. You won't open a better gift than this. I can promise you that. He's the remedy for eternal damnation because he will save his people from their sin. John 3, 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. Oh, praise the Lord right there. I'm done. He's the greatest man ever born. I hope I didn't take up too much of your time. But he's the greatest man ever born. Uh, Michael Jordan doesn't compare. Barack Obama doesn't compare. The 
Dallas Cowboy doesn't compare. Uh, Michael Jackson doesn't compare. Luther Vandross doesn't compare. Whoever you elevate, they don't compare because Jesus is the light of the world. He's the agent of life and joy. He has the power to break yokes and burdens. No one compares to him because he is uniquely positioned to be everything we need. And he's the remedy for eternal damnation. When it's all said and done, he's the greatest ever born because he's a shelter in the time of storm. He's a bridge over troubled water. He's a friend when I get lonely. The song says, what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God and pray. He's the, he's the wonderful counselor. He's the mighty God. He's the everlasting Father. He's the Prince of Peace. His name is Jesus. Let the church say Jesus. Uh, the song says, there is a name I love to hear. I love to sing his word. It sounds like music in my ear. The, the sweetest name on earth. Let me say that again. The sweetest name on earth. We sung it earlier. Oh, how I love Jesus. Say it with me. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because he's a healer. He's a miracle worker. He's a father to the fathers. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. But most of all, he's the greatest Pastor Johnny Henderson being brought to you by the Little Zion Missionary Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. Connect with them by visiting their website, lzmbc.net. Pastor Henderson, Lady Henderson, and the Little Zion family want to thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you will not miss a moment of power.